Hey, you okay? <laughs> Damn, what the hell's wrong with you? What the hell's wrong with you? Nothing till now. Oh, would I hurt you? That's uh, all right, I'll live. Yeah, you hit pretty good for a girl. Yeah? Well, coming from a big macho biker like yourself, I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> Yep, yep, she likes me. Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast, it's an, also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Twitter at Movie Sucktastic, you can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com, or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show, because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. Is that it for the intros? The trailer is playing now. Oh, I should shut up then. Yeah. Their values are from the 50s. <laughs> their homes are from the 60s. And their music is from the 70s. Well, let's start chasing. So are we having fun yet or what? But now, yeah. this sleepy little town is about to become... 
as ice. Drop it. What the hell is that? Drop that zero and get with the hero. You are the girl for me. See you later, Dick. It's Nick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nick. Sometimes I'd like to do something really wild just because I never have. If you ain't true to yourself, then you ain't true to nobody. Your love can take me higher. I want you to stay away from him. He's not what you think he is. My brother's been kidnapped. What we want, Jim, is a little collection on an old IOU. You're the eye, and we're the you. You're all wrong. You didn't do anything. Come on, get on. How can you know that, Catherine? I trust him, Dad. Vanilla Ice is going to take an uncool world I'm the teacher, man, you're the and kill it to the bone. Well, I hope you like being a biker chick because you're not going to see me or my car again. Imagine that. From Universal Pictures, cool as ice. And hello, everybody. Welcome to Movie Sucktastic, where we are now, now going can... to be reviewing Cool as Ice. So now we start talking. Yeah, now we can start talking. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and uh, I, I would like to introduce, uh, if you don't mind, uh, Joey. Uh, Go right ahead. Uh, the first in a long time of uh, guest hosts. We've been trying to get a uh, mix in here of other people coming in to review the films with us. So we have, pardon me, I'm trying to drink wine and talk at the same time. Uh, we have special guest host, Sean Philip Hines Esquire, on the phone. Say hello, Sean. Hey, everyone. Thanks very much for having me. Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Uh, good to have you, man. Good to have you. And uh, yeah. And considering... That takes me back to when Sean used to do crank phone calls to the local radio station. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that myself and Brian Haberman might have been responsible for the mental breakdown of Sonic Boom from Spaceman Three. From Spaceman Three, who actually later on became like one of my favorite bands. Oh, really? That was really weird. I uh, I do remember those phone calls. I wasn't a- around for those, but I remember the tales. Yes. Yeah. We just kept asking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have a call screener, so they would just call in with random shit. <laughs> yeah, oh we God. would just come up, we just babble into the phone. Um, I forget what some of the other phone calls he made were, but that guy we just tortured from one night to WSOU, Seton Hall Radio, did not have a call screener. <laughs> <laughs> not a good idea. No, horrible yeah. idea, especially when you're dealing yeah. with uh, high school kids. I mean, so I was uh, finishing up watching Cool as Ice. And, I, uh-huh. and as I'm taking notes and, and just watching uh, the whole film, it's occurred to me, for some reason, Sean pops in my head. I'm thinking, Sean would be perfect for this. Absolutely. Thank you very much. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily call it one of my personal favorites, but it was, it was, a, mo- it was, it was a film that was so of the, of the moment and of the zeitgeist that you can't help but look at it. It's just... 
the complete parody of everything it was. But but not intentionally. Yeah, but not intentionally. But there's a couple <laughs> uh, you know there's a couple points that I'd like to go into that uh, you know at some point uh, that I think are relevant today. That when you look back at the film, well, you're let like. Me, let me let me stop you first on that. Um, uh. First of all, let me point out that's the first time the word zeitgeist has ever been used on movie Sucktastic. Fantastic. <laughs> so I'm very happy now. You made me a happy yeah. person. Um, uh, I have one thing I have to grab. Uh, Sean, would you give us the, uh, the uh, what do you call it, uh, the synopsis for the film? Just give us a breakdown of what the film is about. Sure, yeah. Um, okay. The movie is more or less it's, it's more or less just a marketing ploy for Rob Van Winkle at the time, who was known... He was known as Vanilla Ice at the time. Um, and more or less, Vanilla Ice is just like this badass biker guy who just rides in the town on his fucking motorcycle, and he comes in and fucks up the whole town because he's so awesome, and he gets into a fight, and if you look at the movie poster... Girl looks like Justine Bateman, and somehow some corrupt cops become involved with this. And at this point, I you know at this point in the film, you know the best thing about this film is that you really have to have to have a good like sense of suspension of disbelief to understand anything <laughs> that's going on with this film. Suspension well, of disbelief. Has to come in to, to even sit through this movie. I, multiple times, I tried to disbelieve I was actually watching the film. If does that count? Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I just want to point something out very quickly. Uh-oh. Whenever you watch movies from any era, for that matter, where the daughter is going uh, going out or seeing the bad boy, and the parents always disagree, they always think he's a bad influence. They actually get it right. Everyone that treats Vanilla Ice in any way during this film is right. The way he talks, the way he acts, you have to disagree. Sir, here's my question. I, this is in my notes. How come... You, you really script- think that uh, Vanilla Ice is a good choice for this girl? No, no, no. Here's my, here's my point. Okay. Why did the screenwriter feel it was necessary to create this confusion that Vanilla Ice is in cahoots with these gangsters that are after the father... Why does he feel that the father needs this kind of motivation to forbid her from seeing him, except from the fact that it's him? Well, it's like to a be bit, honest, bit, you don't to need be honest, no, 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 no. He's, okay, uh, he's trying to be a screenwriter. He's trying to, and failing miserably, add somewhat of a plot to this story. That's all that really is, because... You want to punch your screen, okay? You, when he jumps the fence and almost and knocks her off the horse and pulls almost pulls a Christopher Reeve on her, mm-hmm. she punches him in the stomach. She punches him in the stomach, and he says, and he talks like a fourteen-year-old. That's essentially how he verbalizes with her. Well, that's he was much older than that at the time. Yes. We were 15, I think, when this movie came out. 1991. I was in high school. I know because I wrote... We were all in high school. You. I was in yeah. high school, too. 
We were all <laughs> there in you high school. <laughs> no, I, I think the, ev- the way everyone treats Vanilla Ice is appropriate. He's a douchebag. He talks like a moron. His fucking bike glows in the dark. Fuck him. Yeah, but at the end of the day, isn't it really all her fault? Oh, oh yeah. it's completely oh, her she's fault. A, she's a slut. Okay, you know, allow me allow me to interject with a personal story, if you will. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Please okay, do. It, I remember, like, it was a couple years after this, uh, and I would go to the pipeline in Newark, and I met this girl who I thought was, like, really cute, and... She took me and, like, we kind of made overture to each other, whatever, you know, I'll I'll skip all the long sordid details, but she took me home to meet her parents, and uh, her parents loved me and thought I was great because I actually had career ambitions, and then we went to go see Outbreak, and she gave me a hat job during Outbreak. (laughs) Now, um, what, what part of Outbreak? (laughs) <laughs> uh, I don't know, but was I Kevin Spacey turning to goo? I mean, because I, I now I understand being a teenager in high school, uh, the, 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 you, there's little motivation needed. But a film about a virus outbreak that that pretty much makes you bleed from the inside out. I'm trying to think what part of that film was the least uh, conducive. Uh, I was trying to, I was trying to zone out, but she gave a really good hand job. Um, <laughs> Sir, what does this have to remember, do with Vanilla and, Ice? Okay, what has to do with Vanilla Ice is this. Is that if she had played it smart, she would have had a decoy boyfriend. Because this girl who gave me the hand job during Outbreak only brought me home so that she could tell her parents that she was going out with Sean, who they approved of. And meanwhile, she was fucking with some dirt bag behind my oh. back. I, I'm, slightly, I'm slightly disappointed because I was hoping that Sean's response would be, there's no real reason. I just wanted to talk about getting a hand job while watching Outbreak in the theater. <laughs> well, yeah, that was part of it, actually. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I have a lot of, I mean, I have a lot of interesting stories <laughs> and interesting times in my life. Most of them involving hand jobs. There you go. No, that was, <laughs> no, but I can remember, uh, Scott, you remember this in 1991? I think that was the year I got the brown reckless spider bite in Bloomfield High School, Jim. That was the, uh, the, uh, volleyball all-nighter? Did you get yes. the bite? You got it at the high school? Yeah, I got oh. it uh, while sleeping on the bleachers, and I should have sued them into oblivion. <laughs> but I got bit by a brown reckless spider and survived it, so that was awesome. Um, but anyway, back to Cool as Ice. Um, <laughs> I know that was the worst segue ever. I'm trying I to find my copy of Mongoloid Moose. I wish I had time. <laughs> I have them all. Oh, God. I'm yeah, looking for really the, re- the Cool as Ice review from the Mongoloid Moose from, uh, well, that's the one that's, from uh, that's 21 cool years ago. That's the one that was printed in the high school newspaper, which I'm trying to find right now while we're talking. I, I, I have it somewhere. I thought I had I, it near I me. I have all the school newspapers that I wrote in, and I thought I had it. I should be here somewhere. I'm going to keep looking while we talk. You do that. Yes, yes. Mish Smith sucks. Um, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, Mish Smith sucks. But anyway, uh, it's ice. <laughs> okay. Back to cool as ice. Okay, back to cool as ice. So, on cool as ice, um, you know, this is a marketing vehicle for Rod Van Winkle, and 
I find what? it hysterical <laughs> that his name is Johnny Van Owen in the movie. That's right. That's they get oh, the van God. for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. This movie is a ninety minute music video. That's all it is. Maybe, yeah. Maybe it's just because he was prescient and he had visions of the future when he knew that he would be living in the van down by the river <laughs> in the future, and that's why he kept the word "van" in there. Oh, maybe. You never know. Uh, if he was. But, if they were prescient, they would have been able to predict that everyone would be sleeping in a van after this film. No one that was involved in the film did much afterwards. David Kellogg, the uh, the director, was pretty much uh, beforehand. He was directing Playboy, Playmate, uh, like documentaries. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah, and, and his first, yeah, and these were all like directed video Playmate videos for Playboy, and the first. Okay. His his directorial debut was Cool as Ice, and after that he went back to doing Playboy uh, <laughs> directorial things, uh, and then his, the only other film he directed in the theaters was Inspector Gadget. Oh, wow! Oh, holy shit! Jeez. Oddly enough, I I that. that's not good. That's yeah. Wow, it's like a pin just dropped. It's a career ender. <laughs> Yeah. This is what this movie is what you call a career ender for everybody involved. Every ex, including uh what's his face from uh um, the father from Family Ties. Family Ties. Yeah. No, he was in Tremors after that. Well, he was right. in no, Tremors. No, no, no. He was in Tremors the year before in 1990. What was that before? Yeah, he was the I'm almost the positive. Michael what's Gross. Part? Yeah, was part two? Yeah, Michael Gross. Was part Hold two a video sequel? Uh, yes, it was. Yeah. Tremors was in 1990, yeah. so that came out the summer before. Oh, man. Yeah, so... I mean, he's consistently working. He's still working yeah, to this I mean, day, he so... He was the only person who looked like they knew what they were doing in the film. That's that? right. That's yeah. right. Can I, can I ask a couple questions about his character, by the way? Sure. All right. First of all, uh, this is the obviously this is the father, and they get the father from Family Ties, so we're really typecasting here. Um, here's the question: He has this big secret, and then the big secret turns out to be that when I was a rookie cop, I informed upon these other crooked cops, and so they put us in the witness relocation program. Which I don't understand. Why well, didn't they just that's not fucking really a federal thing? Right. Well, that and the in... fact that why didn't they just arrest the bad cops and hey, he gets to keep his job. I think they did, but also they put him under witness relocation. I, I mean, they're a little foggy on that, whether they actually served time. I'm thinking they did. Here's my question. Did they do that for Frank Serpico? I don't think so. Well, no. I, <laughs> I mean, what the hell would this guy be? And he was actually busting uh, you know, criminals, not just crooked cops. That's so right. So here's, here's, yeah. my, here's my question. He's the father of this family, and he went under the uh, witness relocation program. And then the two guys that he informed upon show up and start harassing him and threatening him. Wouldn't you call the authorities that put you under the witness relocation program? Oh, right, instead don't, of trying to they, handle it on do, your own. Don't they do follow-ups on that? Uh, yeah, I believe <laughs> they do. I'm pretty sure he could call and say, you know what, they found me. So, okay, we'll take care of it. I mean, yeah, I, I'm just and, assuming and that. If you're still in the witness relocation program, yes, they're going to help you out. <laughs> I found it. it. Where okay? Where was where was the uh, where was it supposed to take place? White America. 
Okay, but the thing is, it, depending it looks on like the state, if it's a standard ground state, you have the right, if they're on your front porch, to just shoot them and kill them and, and say that they were threatening you. Oh, I'm sure of it. It, it looks to me like it's like suburbia, like maybe uh, Ohio or Indiana or something like that. That's what it looks like. White America. Well, don't uh, don't yeah. they always put you out in the Midwest in uh, when you when you're in the re uh, relocation program? I I don't remember the last time I was in the witness relocation program, so I'm not sure. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on which movie we're playing. Like the rules by, like are we playing by like my blue heaven kind of rules? Or is it like Goodfellow rules? Actually, compared yeah. to this, compared to this, My Blue Heaven is Goodfellas. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very good that, analogy, actually. Why? Thank you. Uh, sir. I have another one. <laughs> I have another one. I uh, what did I write oh, down here? Uh, this film was like a cross between Footloose and The Pest, with a dash of Edward Scissorhands. Oh my. Does that work? No? No. Is that a no. As a, was that a stretch? Look, it's a little Come stretch. Come on. You just spit the sound effects. When the when they meet the bad guys and he pulls the gun out of his pants and it goes... Or how you know, about the, just the sound effects for anything? Like when she punches him in the stomach. It's like a cartoon. Or yeah. it is like a cartoon. Okay. I just, I just want to say one... I, I want to go on record with one thing here. That <laughs> We're recording. One thing that, that you can tell even by looking at the film poster... Uh, which I'm looking at right now. Bikers yeah. have been fairly consistent in their dress and appearance for several decades. But this is the one time, like, bikers can just look back and just get really pissed off. Because he's wearing jeans that are painted with, like, graffiti on it. And as far as I know, there were a lot of, like, racist motorcycle organizations back then. And... Motorcycle organizations tended to be more like white kind of, you know, like <laughs> white -ish. white to make crank, uh, we hang out, you know, blah blah blah. But he's wearing painted jeans that are painted with like the colors of Africa on it. And he's got this <laughs> terrible ass jacket and he has a haircut that, you know, would be revived by the Jersey Shore. And if you look at the poster, it's telling you anything against the lamest-looking motorcycle I've ever seen. <laughs> like, it's the shittiest motorcycle I've ever seen, like, ever. And it's, it's yellow a, and blue. It looks like, like really, it's guys, just... Was that the one that was on sale at the freaking dealership? It, it looks like your run-of-the-mill garbage Suzuki uh, or a Ninja... Just whatever crap was popular in 1991. Now his, his yeah. jacket... And in the background, by the way, is a girl who looks exactly like friggin' uh, like Justine Bateman. <laughs> would you go Justine Bateman or would you go... Um, uh, what's her face? Uh, the, the chick from... No. Um, she was a chicken Johnny Handsome. With Mickey Rourke. She was also in Once Upon a Time in America. Oh, the her. fuck was... Yes, her. <laughs> now, did you notice his jacket? Uh, I mean, it has all those uh, slogans over it. And what it basically is... Yeah. Yeah, all the, his slogans. Right. So what he had is he had his hip catchphrases on his jacket. So if he couldn't think of something to say, he would just, like, you know, glance over at his, at his shoulder or arm and pick up a, a, a hip line from there. That's why, oh, that's why, yeah, baby's on his back, because he remembers that. 
Yeah, yeah uh, that's how he remembers, like, words. Yeah, boy. Like yeah, boy. And what's on his jeans? What does that say on his jeans? Hang on, I have to zoom in on this. <laughs> I don't even know what this says on his fucking jeans, dude. Elizabeth well, McGovern is okay, who I'm thinking of. It's yellow and it makes it look like she has a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, oh. Elizabeth, Elizabeth McGovern is who I'm thinking of. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, her. I think she looked Sean, <laughs> or Scott. I mean, look her up. You'll know who I'm talking about. She's uh, she, she was in. She's been in a lot of shit. Yeah, like Johnny Dangerously. No, no, like no. Johnny Handsome. That's what I said. Don't don't don't, don't fuck around. I remember her. I remember her in uh, Once Upon a Time in America, where she's twenty. And then they shoot fast forward where she's supposed to be in her 50s, and all they did was give her gray hair. That does the trick. They didn't do any makeup on her face. They did not do any makeup on her face. They just gave her gray hair. Since we're talking about Vanilla Ice's clothing, can I point out the fact that at the end, uh, pretty much when it wraps up, uh, what seems to happen is that he takes the girl uh, from her Midwestern home, returns to the city, and then also returns to a life of crime as Two-Face. <laughs> He's wearing that whole suit where half of it's like yellow and the other half is this crazy red mix. And I, can I can I point something out real quick? Uh, earlier oh, in the film, where they go to the construction site and they have that whole four or five minute music video montage. Wait, wait that's montage number uh, like eleven. How, how many montages are in the film, sir? Come on, easily between seven and ten. Not not counting the opening and closing, which are really more like credit sequences, there are seven montages. Seven. Seven. Jesus The one Christ. you're talking about is montage number four. That's the uh, Foot Lucy playing in the abandoned uh, construction site. Right. Montage. Now, this is going to shit on the movie. I mean, this is the whole suspension of disbelief. But because this movie is so bad, I can't forgive it. Because later on in the movie, when Vanilla Ice... Uh, becomes uh, super detective when they're listening back on the tape mm -hmm. and the kid is giving uh, his um, uh, saying that come and get me you know if you don't then I'll disappear kind of right. kind of plea well Vanilla Ice he rewinds it he goes what is that in the background thump, and then thump thump thump, thump rewinds it what is that thump 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 and then out of nowhere it's the construction site you mean yeah. the abandoned one you were at earlier when there was no construction going on? Oh, there was construction because when they first pull up, the camera has that big thumping thing in the foreground where it goes boom, boom, boom. So you know that's going to come up later. What are you talking it's foreshadowing. about? foreshadowing. Yeah, thank you, Sean. That's called foreshadowing, Joey. Did they actually have a thump, yeah. thump, thump? Yes, they did when they first pull up, yes. I don't remember that. That's because you weren't paying attention. I, well, so maybe. Now he's, now he's freaking Batman, too. <laughs> now I feel stupid. How how can I feel stupid after, uh, more stupid after watching Cool as Ice? Look what you did to me, man! Uh, that, well, you couldn't have just agreed with me. Like, what I want to know is wh how hard was it to be the guy holding up the cue cards for him <laughs> at that time? <clears throat> because he'd be like, "Yo, why you Gouda? Gouda step? What? What?" <laughs> What is that? <laughs> and then he'd probably have to be in his line, line of sight, like, 24-7. Sir, are you uh, are you implying that Vanilla Ice did not memorize his lines? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, 
He is a professional. Of course he's going to memorize his lines. How could he forget how could he forget his lines if he memorizes all these like excellent lyrics to his songs? You sir give the man too much credit. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah, there are two different revenue streams involved here. <laughs> uh the girl, the love the interest was primarily made to sell an album. Pretty like much, I, he yeah, he did the whole soundtrack. Yeah. That's pretty much it. And that led to him getting the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 gig, right? Yeah. Uh, no, Teenage Mutant Ninja Ninja Turtles two. See, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out in ninety, and Ninja Turtles two came out in ninety two. So yes, this came first, and then Ninja Turtles was right after. Yeah, he has proven himself as a competent actor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Kristen Uh, Minter, who is the love interest, she's actually still working. Yeah. Which uh, played uh, Catherine. That's right. What about what about in the beginning with freaking uh, what's her face? That Naomi Campbell. Oh yeah, special special appearance by Naomi Campbell. That's what it says. Yeah. Now, that's the opening musical sequence. Mm Mm-hmm. I I need to point out that there's that one shot where he's singing into the uh, lantern. Yeah. On, on stage, and immediately I thought of Blue Velvet. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> the whole, yeah, the whole uh, apartment party sequence. And right. at that point, I realized uh, that I knew exactly which party I'd rather be at. <laughs> I think I'd rather be at the one with the alcoholics with guns as the guy pantomimes into the microphone as opposed oh, yeah. to... Yeah, and that's I'd, rather be at the last, I'd rather be at the last party of the Heaven's Gate away team. <laughs> does anyone uh without looking at the imdb does anyone want to guess what the overall rating was i have it open so i, I i'm cheating oh shit sean um i'm gonna say it's not very good um <laughs> and i'm gonna say it probably got like a two something or three something or yeah it's one of the lowest ones one of the lowest ones i've seen I think the only one I've seen lower was probably Super Babies. What's well, the bottom uh, 100? It's number 83. Or Baby Geniuses. Uh, it's it is in the bottom 100. It's uh, 2.3. Pretty bad. Now, really, the opening yeah. sequence uh, again. I mentioned that. Uh, remember after the music, when the first shot of the film actually film is the camera weaving through these swinging, dangling light bulbs in the yep. where, in the dark like warehouse. It's almost like it for a split second the film decides it wants to be a real film. There's a there's a bunch of scenes that are like that. Not a lot, but there is a few where at one point it's like the assistant director said, you know, fuck this. I'm gonna try and do something good here. <laughs> they probably just got bored. <laughs> no, I just okay, I just looked this up, right? And this is because I'm such a huge fan of the movie Coven. And American movie, yeah, and that right. has a higher score than this film by more than two points. Not American movie, but Coven. Yeah, Coven. Coven, Coven, Coven. Has well, yeah, at least Coven has like interesting characters. Right. Coven has is a four point five. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Do you, do you do you have any favorite lines from the film? Uh, favorite anything lines. that comes out of like his grandfather's <laughs> mouth 
No, not cold. Uh, cold as ice. It's okay. <laughs> it's alright. I wouldn't be so cool if he pulled up next to uh, Vanilla Ice's while he's riding on the motorcycle. <laughs> when he rides alongside the horse, the grandfather pulls up too. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> it will be alright. You know, honestly, if if they wanted to spare the audience, if you ask me how this movie, if, if in reality, the movie would probably just end with like. It would be a twenty-minute-long movie, and it would end with like Rob Van Winkle date raping her. <laughs> um, well, as far as it. I'm half an hour in the film, I'm thinking, how come like the local sheriff hasn't kicked this guy's ass and planted coke on him yet? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like, and, and you and you know, he, like, and first of all, it's like white. It's like suburban white backwards America, like they painted up. He rides right. in the town with three blacks, and he's the one that gets all the attention. Yeah. How about the guy in the car who's getting all angry because they're blocking traffic, and he's like, rrr, rrr, and then they all stand up, and he's like, oh, shit. That's before the, that's before the montage of shocked onlookers watch as they pass by. That is how many, right. How many, how many times do you think the director said, uh, said the phrase, just looks uh, slack-jawed at the camera as it passes you? Oh, yeah. I hope and... you didn't use the phrase shock and awe. <laughs> I was shocked and awe. This is shocking the awe I saw. <laughs> I, he, he does dress like a clown. Uh, it's so it's at it's at the scene. Like... It's at the scene in the movie where they go to the sugar shack, and <laughs> yeah. the, there's that horrible band up on stage, which, in my opinion, is doing. I found them to be ten times better than anything Vanilla Ice does in the whole film. Just because at least what they're singing is comical. <clears throat> that's that's how I felt towards it. Well, when you get to scenes like that where you have this like amazingly, it's almost like you're watching a Pauly Shore film, right? Which, uh, well, honestly, if you just took the film and put Pauly Shore in, in Vanilla Ice's place, it'd be a ten time better movie. And that says more about I, I, Vanilla I, Ice than it does Pauly Shore. I hate to agree with that. Isn't like Pauly Shore made that movie like five times, where it's like <laughs> him and Culture Shock? <laughs> yeah, like in the army now, like right. that cherry. Movie. Or Son in Law, which I actually liked. I, I have to admit. Really? Yeah, I guess. Uh, Son in Law had its moments. It does. They played on country music television constantly. I saw it thirty times. It grew on me. Uh, but I mean, you, you get the feeling watching the movie that it's almost like Vanilla Ice wrote it himself because there's really nothing to it just except, okay, let's let's put this really goofy, wacky, you know, lame, lame band, and then put nerdy people in the audience. And then Vanilla Ice is gonna jump in and like, oh look, I'm all cool and stuff. Yeah, it's it's like it's, it's, not that fucking cool. <laughs> it's like three steps away not from now at least. It's three steps removed from air guitaring in front of your mirror in your bedroom. There's it's really that like uh, narcissistic. Yeah. No, take it on a serial level. I mean, no. According to uh, IMDb, this film, a rap-oriented remake of Rebel Without a Cause, with heavy emphasis on the fact that rap star Vanilla Ice has assumed the James Dean role. How is it? Is it because he's on a bi bicycle? Is that it? It's because he's a... He's... he's a, because, I don't know. He, he's a fish out of water. He's in a, in, a, in a different town. He's different. 
nobody likes him. Everyone perceives him as uh, you know a rebel, so to say, and he's quote unquote not. I've never been so. Oh, happy. No, listen. Hey, listen to this. Uh oh. Okay. If you have checked the Wikipedia page, the director <laughs> of photography of the film was future Schindler's List and Minority Report cinematographer Janusz Kaminski. <laughs> Get out of here. He, he was the one fucking with the light bulbs. And, <laughs> and the role of Cassie was originally offered to future Academy Award winner for Best Actress, Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And her father, Bruce Paltrow, forbade her from accepting it due to the script's sexual content. What sexual content? Uh, why? Because she's in her bedroom with a with a t-shirt. Oh, all right. Hold on. I, I have two questions about the bedroom scene. When she wakes up, first, mm-hmm. I, two questions, and I, I have to post these directly after one another. One: okay. How many teenage girls uh, calmly arise from slumber when they awaken to have someone shoving a cube of ice in their mouth? <laughs> when they when they went to bed alone, and two, where the fuck did he get the ice cube? Yeah, exactly. And how was it not completely? How melted? long did he have the ice cube before he stuck it in her mouth and it didn't melt completely? He, he keeps it around just in case, I guess. It's like a, it's, it's like a emergency ice cube. Wow, this cinematographer, uh, Steven Spielberg's bitch. Holy shit! <laughs> did Steven Spielberg fucking save this guy's career or what? Holy yeah, fuck! Dude, he took pity on the man. He probably found. He probably the guy probably asked him after this film. He asked Steven Spielberg. He probably said, "Hey, are you gonna finish that sandwich?" <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, and just Steven okay. Spielberg. Listen, listen to this. Okay, he did Cool as Ice. All right, then he did a TV movie. Then he did All the Love in the World, Mad Dog Call, Trouble Bound, Adventures of Huck Finn, Class of '61. Then Schindler's List. And then from Schindler's List on, he was essentially just waiting for Spielberg to make movies. Because he did just little shits in between, you know? And little shits like Jerry Maguire and, uh, you know, Lost World, Amistad, Saving Private Ryan, AI. I mean, he's done every Spielberg film since uh, Schindler's List. I, I can see it now. I can see Spielberg at home at like 2 in the morning and Cool as Ice comes on cable and he sits there for half an hour and he just picks up the phone and the secretary that's on 24-hour call uh, answers and he just says, give me the cinematographer for this film. And that was it. It was just... Because you can see he, the camera well, he work. Probably, this. He literally yeah, he went from Cool as Ice to Schindler's List. If, I'm sorry, what? He probably has the power to fuck with people's lives like that. Like, maybe he was, like, rolling, like, a six-sided die, and he goes, yeah, this guy. You know, he, he probably just, maybe he just opened up a phone book and, like, pointed at something. It is, like, call, he just calls people drunk at two in the morning, uh, Greenlight Battleship. What? Greenlight Battleship, I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, yeah, now, his he, real name is uh, Janus. powerful. <laughs> the drunk with power. That's his face of Robert Van Winkle. <laughs> his real name is Janusz um, Kaminski and I'm just looking at his career he did the cinematography for a film called Killer Instinct in 1991 where he used the alias Jennifer Stoltz he had to wear a wig on set for that one I just don't understand I don't, why would he use Jennifer Stoltz for Cool as Ice <laughs> I don't know maybe he thought Cool as Ice was going to be a uh, commercial success 
Oh my God, Killer Instinct uh, 4.5, starring Scott Valentine. Can, can I? Oh, Scott Valentine. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> are you serious? I've been, I've been, dude, for like years. I've been asking myself if Scott Valentine was in any other role besides My Demon Lover. My Demon Lover. He might as well <laughs> not be. Yeah. Do you see the size of that son of a bitch? <laughs> That's not the best. No, best. That's the best line. It was uh, the, you. You remind me of my wife. Well, thank you, the bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember it. I was gonna buy it from the from uh, VHS Preservation Society. Oh, that's still not available. Dude, it's. I don't know. I'm sure it's a torn somewhere. I, I have a copy. Was, you do. I have a copy. <laughs> Wow. You need, you need to share that copy, you son of a bitch. I will make sure you get a copy of that, sir. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you very much. May, may, may that's how deals are done in America, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's who you know. Well, I remember yes, when we were over is. your house, we were watching, uh, we watched The Keep. And yeah. uh, you had that copy of The Legend of Billy Jean. And I was, I had an, an infinitely uh, clear copy that I knew you had to have. So I remember I I sent that to you, and yeah. uh, I uh, I'm so glad that I did because if you're gonna watch The Legend of Billy Jean, you should be watching it in high def. Oh, and also, I agree. In a future episode <laughs> when we do review the Keep, finally Sean will have to join us for that as well. Absolutely. May may, may I may, may I interject? I'm sorry. Go yeah. ahead. I was, I was go right ahead. I was go right ahead, motherfucker steer us back towards cool as ice by saying i've never before in my life been so happy to see someone riding without a motorcycle helmet <laughs> well i mean well, there's so much lacquer in his hair yeah that's true it wouldn't have done, had any effect right it's like in police academy which one was it like four with captain mauser when they put that tackleberry's helmet fucking <laughs> his hair captain mauser and he's in the shower going and they, and they call me Bowser. Wow. Bowser. Bowser. And it's fucking hand glued to his head, and he has to walk around a pre-state naked. That's why he puts in his hair. I remember that scene well. May, may, may I point out this is the first Police time Academy 2, their Police first Academy assignment. Four. Police Academy that's, 2. That's 2. two. Their first I assignment. Think, that's what it was called. So. I think it's the first time that Police Academy 2 has been referenced as well. So. It's the first uh, time Police Academy has been referenced. Come on. But not part no, two. That was, Citizens on, was that Citizens on Patrol? Uh, that was the third on one. Patrol. That was with Bobcat Goldthwait. No, two yeah. was with Bobcat Goldthwait. No. Two? No, listen, listen two, to me. Two introduces Bobcat Goldthwait, and three, he stars in it, right? No. Yes. He, in number two, he's, a, a, he's, he's in a gang. Okay, and he's a bad guy. Oh, and that's right. so Police so Academy right. 2, their first assignment. Police Academy 3 is when he decides to get out of the gang and join the police force, and that's called Citizens on Patrol. This is the saddest conversation I've been in in a while. <laughs> okay, which one? Okay, uh, the actor's name who played Captain Mauser is Art Machano. Why I know this, I really don't fucking know. <laughs> Okay, what's your question? No fucking clue, dude. Um, hang on. I'm pretty sure it's Art Metrano, and if I'm right, I might as well just kill myself now. <laughs> um, 
Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I was right, dude. <laughs> you first to put, yeah, Police Academy 2. Police Academy 2. He just comes out of nowhere. Uh, and he's the new chief. And um, the third one is Citizens on, Citizens on Patrol. The fourth one I can't remember for some reason. Back the fifth training. one I know is Miami Miami Beach. And then the sixth one is uh, the one with the, it, something with the something big city or some shit like that. Isn't four back in training? Oh, was that, not, was that Mission to Moscow? Yeah. No, that was number seven. Was number seven. Moscow, right? Seven was Mission to uh, uh, the Moscow one. Oh. Yeah, and six was the sign of Miami Beach? Number five is Miami Beach. Okay, fuck. I'm looking it up. Yeah, you got Police Academy, Police Academy <laughs> 2, their first assignment, Police Academy 3, back in training, Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol. I was right. Police back Academy, that, w- that was uh, number three. Police Academy three. 5, I s- assignment, Miami Beach, and Police Academy 6, Citi- City Under Siege. I knew it had City in there. And then there's oh, Police yeah, Academy that 7. One, that one actually had a funny scene in it. <laughs> 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 I actually laughed once during that because okay on an assignment Miami Beach I laughed when the fucking who was Harris's little toady uh whatever but it Proctor was like it was Proctor toady guy yeah, wasn't Proctor, it Proctor it Proctor Proctor <laughs> fell asleep at the beach and they wrote dork and some damn lotion on him yeah and, the trailer. He, yeah. he, and he got really somber. <laughs> and he was walking around and people going, Hey, Dork, what's up, Dork? So I kind of laughed at that because the people sounded like they had Canadian accents. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, um, and they're like, Hey, Dork, what's up, Dork? Then the other time, uh, in City Under Siege, I remember that the city was under attack. Was it Metro City? <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I, I think so. I, I think it was under siege, actually. Yeah, under siege. The city was under siege. City, city under Sorry, siege was the sixth one. The city was under siege. That was uh, the one with the rubber mask. The, the guy who was running, who was pulling the strings. Was like pulling the strings, right? Uh, and uh, sorry, that was like actually my attempt at doing a Bell Lugosi reference. Uh, from Romo, Wilson's book, from Romo Lugosi, available on Amazon. Uh, and that was my impression of Martin Landau doing um, Bell Lugosi. Doing Bell Lugosi, pulling the strings. Pulling yeah. the strings. So, I mean, but I digress. I wanted to get a product place, a product placement for Scott there. Um, <laughs> Thank you, sir. So there's a guy who's like behind the scenes who's orchestrating the siege, and the people who are running it, they're like, "We want to give the gifts, sir." So they give them a freaking, they give them a uh, a box of cigars, and he's like, "Thank you," and he lights one, and it explodes, <laughs> and it pat just goes like an inch off his head. And I thought that was hysterical for some reason. <laughs> but they get me with stupid guys like that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to steer this. 
once again back to cool as ice. Oh, I'm, God. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to. I'm going to tie us in, though, because you mentioned that scene where they kept calling the guy Dork. Right. Um, the scene, I, I, I have to bring this up, the scene where Vanilla Ice finds the guy he keeps calling Tick. There's my tie-in there. Uh, the boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And they're, yeah. they're, they're smashing up his friend's motorcycles, and he takes them all on single-handedly. Yeah, and then he jumps that guy's car with his motorcycle. That's at the end. Yeah. Yeah, he jumps the motorcycle at the end. Um, but during during that brawl, every single person that attacks Vanilla Ice with the baseball bats swings them one handed. Oh now, yeah. Now I mean, obviously he's going to win the fight, and obviously it's going to be choreographed that way. But why would you? Why? Who who swings a bat one handed in a brawl? It was just too awkward, even for the film. Yep. Yeah. I just had the. Yeah, it, it's pretty. You know, I mean, there's some there's some scenes like I'm not going to talk about the fight choreography or anything <laughs> technical involving this film, um, because I really want to stress to the audience how devoid of any style or substance this film is, except for that opening uh, shot. Yeah, it's you know what it's it's not even I wouldn't even call it like a good bad movie. It's just bad, bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You agree? Well, I absolutely you, agree. Depends on how much you like the music. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's it's not bad. How much is that a ripoff of CNC Music Factory anyway? A hundred percent. I don't know. <laughs> Sean, yeah. comment. I agree one hundred percent, and I think that like. And I think that to your point earlier about the band, which was just generic, and oh, yeah. it was kind of like the comedy thing, they couldn't get like any band that would upstage Vanilla Ice. <laughs> any band would. Right. Yeah, any band <laughs> would. It could have been Hootie and the Blowfish, you know? Right. Uh, so all right, was, so uh, are, we, are we done with uh, Cool oh, as Ice? Do we, uh, do we want to go to a break? Um, I have a couple more things. I just want to get All right. some stuff. Sure, here. sure. Now, I asked before, did you have a favorite phrase from the film? Were there any lines that stuck out in your head? Well, I mean, you know. Besides the trailer one, dump the get, zero and get with the right. hero. Um, you know what? I liked anything that the two dirty cops said. <laughs> Seriously. Especially when they break into the house and the kid's like, I'm calling 911. He goes, call 911. 911. <laughs> <laughs> He's telling him to call. He's telling him what the number for nine one one is, and he knows it. <laughs> I think that's my. I think that's my favorite line. Uh, I I have. I say, go ahead, stop. No, no. After you, sir. Oh, I would say that my favorite line was not spoken, but it was written, and it was the final part of the end credits. <laughs> oh, that was the um, "Be cool, stay in school," or yeah. As before, like. <laughs> He tips his hat or something at the end. As soon as the end credits, I didn't. I made it through the end credits, and that was it. Yeah, and there's a quick shot of him like on the on the back of the motorcycle, adjusting his hat. Right. Um, because the only reason anyone would watch this film is either one to make fun of it, or two to try to like parody it. No, well, actually, they watch it as a time capsule because it's what? a time capsule of 1991. 
when Vanilla Ice had a fucking doll and a CD to sell and some other shit. What? And what? I think this led to him having sex with Madonna. Did he actually have sex with Madonna? Yeah. I didn't know that. Come on, how hard? (laughs) She was was doing research for the book. Come on, how hard would it have been? I guess so. Now, Sean, you say you can't. Now he's on, he hangs out with the insane clown posse now. There you go. Because he has so much in common with them. He has a reality show where he's a contractor and he fucking fixes people's houses. That's a redeeming Did, thing. I'm cool with that. Did anyone watch the season of Surreal Life with him on it? No, no I, I didn't see it. Yeah, I watched the whole season. This <laughs> is a man consumed by rage. Oh, he hates the, the vanilla. He hates the fact that he was Vanilla Ice. Yeah, he does. This is a man who hates his own past. Doesn't Good, mind the thirty or the forty million dollars that he made, and still has. Doesn't mind that though. Hey, well, this is not like uh, MC Hammer where he lost it all. I actually have, in the break, I have a, like a three-minute clip of a piece of documentary that they did about him and how he talks about selling out and everything. It's, it's actually pretty interesting. Well, let me bring this up real quick. Um, right. I don't know if you want to do this before or after the break. Sean, you say that you can't imagine why anybody would have actually seen the film. Yeah. What if, what if you're a young high school student who wants to write a movie review for the school paper... But you have to watch a PG-13 film, and at that time, the only two PG-13 films playing locally are Cool as Ice and Unnecessary Roughness. Uh, I saw Unnecessary Roughness. It was enjoyable at the time in the, at the Royal Theater yes. in Hillsville, <laughs> New Jersey. Oh, uh, you know, uh, the Royal the Theater. And the other film playing uh, at the Royal Theater at the time was Cool as Ice. Yeah, so I have to chalk it up to youthful indiscretions. Um, you well, know, I, that I actually went and saw that film in the theater. Well, see, that's another movie you could say. Like, well, football fans would go see that movie, of course. But which uh, is why I didn't go to that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know what? In the end, you're Wait, you don't like Sinbad. <laughs> I, oh, you don't I like don't Sinbad? What's wrong with you? But um, my point is that. I, I did that just to review it for the school newspaper, which is the first movie review I ever wrote. And I okay. have it. I have it in front of me. If you guys want, I would like to read this to see how good of a writer I was at age 18, 17. I would love to hear it. Go we'll for do that it. Now or after the break? Um, I'll tell you what. Let's, let's do it after the break. Okay. All right, because as soon as you're done with that, we'll go right into the top ten. All right, do the do the break, and then we, when you when you when you fade out of the break, I'll just go right into reading it. Okay. Okay, that sounds good. Okay. All right, we'll break. be right back. Are you home alone tonight? Got no one to cuddle? Urgent, urgent for some connection. Don't worry, Daddy ain't gonna hurt you. Just tune in, movie sucktastic. Give us a call at nine zero eight. 514-4470. Tell us what bad movies have been tickling you. Just call after dark. We like it that way. Yo, VIP. Let's kick it. Ice, ice, baby. 
sorry. Even though Ice Ice Baby sold over 40 million copies worldwide, I have no excuses. Rob Van Winkle here. You might know me better as Vanilla Ice. I'm sorry for the hairdos, baggy pants, the scandals, the lies, the gangs, and I'm sorry about the music. Uh, <clears throat> I was young, manipulated, and I was a puppet. Okay. Okay, ready. Awesome. <clears throat> now, he doesn't apologize for the movie, though. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Yo, VIP. was followed to the top of the US pop charts by a rapper from Dallas, Texas called Vanilla Ice. Ice Alright, stop. Collaborate and listen. Ice is back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly. Flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights <laughs> and I'll glow. Vanilla Ice may have been new to the pop charts, but in the South, he'd been playing in black clubs for three years, building up a small but devoted hip-hop following. You know, my whole audience was always black, always black, you know. Uh, never did I ever think I was going to play for a white audience or a pop audience, for that matter. Never. A year before, two years before, he had opened up for us. He was a white kid from Dallas with a whole black crew. And they, he had opened up for us in Dallas, you know, dancing and actually coming out as Vanilla Ice. And actually, we tried to sign him. Because I said, you know, the difference is, is that if there's going to be an Elvis in hip-hop, I want to own it. Unfortunately, Chuck D wasn't the only one who spotted Vanilla Ice's commercial potential. A division of Capitol Records called SBK stepped in with one and a half million dollars. And then I signed with SBK Records. And they said, well, we're going to take your hip-hop record and we're going to cross it over to this pop market. And I was actually like, no way, man. I don't even listen to pop music. What are you talking about? It's not going to work. And they were like, well, we're so sure it'll work to change your mind. Because I told them, no, I don't want to do it. We're going to, here's a check for a million five. I already saw it. It had my name on it and everything. A million five. I was three car payments behind on my 5.0. And I was 19 at that time. It was like I won the lottery, man. It's like, fuck. What do you want me to do? <laughs> the negative part about it is that, you know, it turned me into this novelty act. The marketing of Vanilla Ice as the novel hybrid of rap and pop was hugely successful, taking Ice Ice Baby to the top of the pop charts and selling 15 million copies of his album. But the price of Vanilla Ice's pop success was a complete loss of the credibility he previously enjoyed within the hip-hop community. At that point, the hip-hop community had kind of labeled me a sellout from going hip-hop to pop. So I did. I sold out. I took the money. I sold way out. And I think anybody in my shoes would have done the same damn thing. Vanilla Ice's mistake was he should have never said he was street. That was his mistake. If he had just came out and said, hey, I'm a white kid trying to rap, probably would still be around today rapping. But when you come out and you say street, street is like a rite of passage. Life's the same. I'm moving in stereo. Life's the same. 
except for my shoes. Life's the same. You're shaking like trash. All right, we're back. Are we gonna play uh, slide two of that? Eat my balls. How about that? <laughs> trying to fucking gonna... produce a show here, for Christ's sake. High school review. <laughs> I, I, I was waiting. I'm, I'm waiting for the other. I'm waiting for the other half of the VH1 behind the music. You know, like I said, <laughs> trying to produce a goddamn show here. You know, we, we we we're doing this live, and there's video involved, and I want people to be fucking entertained. And I hear <clears throat> in the background. The fuck, man. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. I've only asked you, you know, about 400 times. Can you please? For the love hey, of God, I mute your mic. something for a second. If you Go guys right ahead. Have, if you guys will allow it. Um, What's that? I'd like to do a two-minute synopsis. Uh, my review of the Batman Returns movie master's action figure line in preparation for the movie's release. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I have nearly every single figure except for Catwoman. And I know Scott will know why I don't have that Catwoman figure that involved a man who frequently called in to the comic book store where we both worked and who liked to use hot knives to create anatomically correct Catwoman dolls. I'm pissing blood, Pat. I'm pissing blood. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me burn Did through you this. this story, Joe? I don't know. Let me let me burn through this, and then we'll we'll do that uh, as we go into the top ten. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I just I um I, all I want to preface with this is this is a review for Cool as Ice that I wrote for the high school newspaper in November of 1991. So this was written over 20 years ago, and I have not read it until just now. I haven't even glanced at it yet. So I I have no idea how bad this is, but I figured this is historic, so I wanted to read this. Here we go. So it's uh, Cool as Ice can't take the heat. That, that's a <laughs> clever title there. So, okay. By Scott Wilson. Here we go. <clears throat> when the news was first released that rap singer Vanilla Ice was to be starring in his own movie, many film critics and music fans compared him to Elvis Presley, who starred in 21 movies between 1961 and 1968, saying that Ice was destined to be a modern-day Elvis. But cool as Ice has yet to measure up to Blue Hawaii, as the audience turnout has been minimal at best, with the box office intake not even making it to the top 60 list in variety. This is before the internet, by the way. If a movie's opening week is as important as most major motion picture companies imply, then Cool as Ice is doomed to be rushed out of the theaters before Thanksgiving. Cool as Ice opens in an empty warehouse dance club where Vanilla Ice performs his title song. Immediately after his performance, Ice and his three friends are shown riding motorcycles cross-country. No explanation is ever given as to why they are traveling cross-country, where they are going, where they are now, or where they just came from. Although the latter is assumed to be New York City, the location that Ice has built his mass media image around. Ice then gets, gets the plot moving along by falling in love with the girl he nearly kills while showing off on his motorcycle. <laughs> as luck would have it, one of their motorcycles breaks down, and they are stranded in what is portrayed as a socially backwards country town. They then remain in town, to the dismay of the local populace, while the bike is repaired by a friendly couple who not only offer to fix it for no charge, but also provide them with free room and board while they do so. The plot to Cool as Ice is similar to the movie Footloose, except whereas Footloose was a believable drama that attempted to deliver a moral lesson, Cool as Ice is merely a one-and-a-half-hour journey through a Vanilla Ice ego trip. 
No outstanding characterization is given to any of the other supporting actors, and those who are introduced are typical 10-cent cardboard cutout characters, the girl's parents, who are, who are kind and loving but don't understand her feelings and needs, the boyfriend, who is popular and liked by all, but in reality is a violent alcoholic manipulator, the little brother, who idolizes Vanilla Ice, <laughs> cutting his hair like ices and urging his <laughs> sister to date him, and who continues to look into the camera throughout the film. <laughs> and, and and Ice's friends, who only show up whenever he needs someone to sing backup. Anyone who is not his personal friend or love interest is portrayed as a hopeless waste of life in one way or another, even to the point where all of the teenage extras in the background of the local dance club are dressed in loud clothes from the 50s and 70s, complete with Mortimer Snurd glasses and bow ties. Fans of Vanilla Ice who are willing to sit through 90 minutes of rehashed situations and trite dialogue to watch him dance and sing all of the way through may actually enjoy this film. But for those who are want, for, but the, for those who want the music without the movie, the best strategy would be to wait for it to hit video so they can utilize the greatest invention since sliced bread: the fast-forward scan button. <laughs> Obviously, awesome. I, had, I had not developed my wit back at that point, so yeah, I, I must yeah, it's like it's like okay. I had three reactions when I was hearing that. Number one, I'm hearing it like a young Robert Christgau, right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I can understand that. Kudos to you. <laughs> Is there a number two? Yes, number two. I played your voice through my head and put it in the voice of Morley Safer at one point. And it was very 60-minute-esque as well. That, that's that's because that's, there's no wit there, that's why. Yeah, but you know what? It also reminds me eerily, number three, of, and I don't <laughs> know if you're going to be familiar with this name, Keith Morrison. Uh, vaguely. He is my favorite narrator an interviewer on Dateline NBC because he makes everything vaguely creepy. <laughs> I can do that. The I've way heard. he talks, he's like, like they'll be doing a special about a girl who got murdered, and they'll be like, and he'll do it like, the way her hair hung in the breeze. <laughs> I'm not even kidding, dude. <laughs> it's like he, he makes it like he knew, like he knew her. But he's really creepy about it. And who was responsible for this web of DC? <laughs> the, the only kudo I want to give myself is as I'm reading this, I have like the, uh, I mentioned where it was on the variety list and mentioning how many El Pre films Elvis Presley did. This was before Wikipedia and like IMDb and stuff. This is the 90s. I, I just pulled that shit out of my ass, like around 91, 92. Right. We didn't have, yeah. we didn't have. That's impressive. 21 I, I, years ago, still good. That, that's, for me, that's the most impressive part of, of what is basically a bland review. I couldn't. It's a high school paper, though. I couldn't have gotten away with anything wacky. Probably not. Yeah, but it doesn't even come off as like a high school review. It comes off as witty and snarky and informative. Well, I think. You know what it is? It's, it's just like the reviews we have on this show, but I don't say fuck as much. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. Wow. Yeah. All right. Should we go ahead and uh, move on to the top ten? If if we if what's what's our verdict on Cool as Ice? Good movie, bad movie? Just kidding. Fucking right, yeah. Not yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> All right, let's do the top ten. It's 2.3 on IMDb. All right. That's our top ten music. You like it? <laughs> Dude, I loved it. I just had my hand down my pants thinking about Mary Hart while I heard that sound. <laughs> What I love oh, about yeah? that is when we were talking about doing music for that, I said to Joey, I was like, you know what, just steal like the Entertainment Weekly song or something. And he actually does. <laughs> and it works beautifully. But I, but I, but I stole it from 1982. That's well, that, the key. That, that's the key, yeah. All right. Uh, here's the top ten. This is going to be for, here, I'll let you know right now. It is going to be, motherfucker, June 6th through June 8th. Okay. And, and if I can stop fucking motherfucker. Dude, you're killing me. Technical difficulties. It's the number 10 film. Sean, go into your your uh, review about the, the toys. Okay. Um, okay. Just to preface this, next week is not only my brother's birthday, but it's also the opening of The Dark Knight Rises, which is guaranteed... And sure to be one of the most monumental film openings of all time, given, number one, the fact that it's the third and final installment in the popular film franchise. Number two, both films prior to it have been revered by, criti- by critics and audiences alike. And number three, advance word on it says that it might win the Best Picture nomination, which is pretty impressive. So with that, I myself am a very big Batman fan, okay? And I'm not talking about, like, the kitschy Batman from the 60s, but I do love Batman and Brave and the Bold, the cartoon, and I do read the comics now. And as, and I do love the films, and, okay, here's the deal. Mattel releases high-end figures of each figure in the line called the Movie Masters. Have you guys seen these in stores? No. You haven't seen them in stores? No. I Although I have a two-year-old, he is still a little young for those. I don't get out much. Okay. I still collect action figures. Much to <laughs> my wife's chagrin. Okay? Don't you have a whole room uh, dedicated to action figures? What's that? Don't you have a whole room dedicated to action figures? Oh, yeah. And this sits capably to these two make beautiful pieces of a collection and they're quite good. Now let me explain to you why I have such a raging hard on for these action figures. And okay. I do say I have a raging hard on for them because it is the only time a film has had an action figure it is the only time that I'm aware of that Gary Oldman has had an action figure made of himself. I think you're right. Not for Fifth Element? The same thing with Michael Caine? I don't think they made action figures for Fifth Element at all. Okay. Not even McFarlane made them. Good. Good. And I don't think anybody ever made an action figure of Michael Caine on. I don't think so. That's probably a good gamble. (laughs) What, they don't have the Miss Congeniality action figure from Michael Caine? Please. That being said... 
Where's my rim shop music? Okay. Jesus. <laughs> this is going to be really brief. Okay. Okay. Number okay. one, Batman, serviceable, standard. If you're looking for a good Batman that represents how the movie, like your past few installments of the film looks, and stands approximately six, six inches high, then this is your Batman you want to get. Now, each of these figures retails for online, I want to say 16 they can be had for sixteen eighty seven, up to twenty something dollars. Okay, they're six okay. inches tall, and each one comes with part <laughs> of a projecting back signal. Okay, so Batman, on a scale of one to ten, I would give it probably like a seven or an eight. Okay, okay. Bane, on the other hand, it's a pretty friggin' rad looking. Figure and if you like Iron Maiden, you're gonna love this fucking figure. Just <laughs> well, he like looks kind of like Getty. Industrial and like is he looking really like, like industrial and angry looking? Does he look a little like Eddie? Is that why you say that? Yeah, because he. I mean, look, dude. Have you seen the pictures of Bane's mask? You see what yeah. Bane looks like in the trailers? I mean, it's a badass figure, and the sculpt is well done. Sculpt is really well done. The scale is well done. Scott is unconvinced um, that Bane is going to be a good villain. I I would hope so. I've heard that the, I've heard that he's quite compelling as a villain. Uh, and quite honestly, I've always considered him to be like as the nader of Batman's pantheon <laughs> of villains. You got that, Scott? Yeah, I got that. Okay, good. Uh, you know, versus the more iconic villains. But this looks like it could be compelling. And I will give this action figure a nine. Wow. Actually, wow. Yeah, like eight and a half, nine, okay? Because it's a Tom Hardy action figure, and they've never been a Tom Hardy action figure before in Bronson. It's an awesome fucking movie. I did enjoy Bronson. You can't sell a naked Bronson figure to 10 year olds. Yeah, well. I know. That's stuff about it. You know what? <laughs> if. if they sh- the the only way you can sell an action figure that's naked, I would I would actually like to see the this the rectangle black bar attached to the action figure. I think that would be hilarious. You can't sell a naked action figure. Why not? The Japanese do all the time. That's different. They're twisted. <laughs> They're yeah, sexually oppressed. Finally, I'm gonna come upon my review of. I didn't buy Catwoman. Scott can explain why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, the Michael Caine action figure doesn't really look like Michael Caine. Big <laughs> letdown. Huge letdown, okay? Okay. Um, and I'm talking only about the face sculpt. The face sculpt isn't like 100% like Michael Caine-ish. Like, it's not immediately recognizable as Michael Caine. But as far as the shirt and the suit and the tie, good job. I'll give it like a six. <laughs> or a seven, only because it's Michael Caine. And he was in Get Carter, which is one of the best films of all time. Are his well, eyes blue? Italian job. Did they make his eyes blue? Uh, or are they yeah, brown? They did. They did? Yeah, right. his eyes do look kind of blue in this. I'm looking through package through my package because I don't open up my action figures. Oh, okay. Often. 
It's kind of like back in the day finally? when Khan had the mole. <laughs> Dude, finally, I'm going to the big gun. This is a Walmart exclusive, people. Gary Oldman <laughs> and Jim Gordon. Uh-huh. I can also look it because it's Gary Oldman. I love Gary Oldman. It is recognizable. It's Jim Gordon immediately. And he comes with an axe and a gun. Oh, Every really? Gary Oldman figure should come with, like, an axe and a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Every Gary Oldman role should come with an axe and a gun. Ty West, didn't he have an axe in the professional too? Uh, no, he had a shotgun. Yeah, shotgun. Gerard. Gary Oldman rules. He's one of my favorite actors. If you've seen Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, you know why. If you've seen The Professional, you know why. If you've seen The Fifth Element, you know why. It's the only good thing about The Fifth Element. Yeah, the man can do no wrong. He was fucking amazing. This action figure, I'm giving. Well, he was in the unborn. Gary Oldman, and it comes with awesome accessories, and it's immediately recognizable. It's Jim Gordon, and that's my wrap up. This Sean, oh, excuse me, this Sean Hines with the uh, movie of the week action figure roundup. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. All right. I don't buy like every movie's action figures. Oh and really? Selective. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, dude, I don't have a huge budget. We're going to breeze right through it. All right. We're going to breeze right through it. All right. Coming in at number 10 is To Roam With Love with 3.1 million. Uh, number 9 is Moonrise Kingdom, which is the Wes Anderson film with 4.5 million. It's made 26 that, so far. That one, yeah. Ironically, there is a movie much in the same vein as Vanilla Ice, where it's basically a, uh, a music video for the entire film, and that's Katy Perry, Part of Me, with, with 7 million. And that's new this weekend. Uh, the number of, 7 film, part, Katy Perry, Part of Me. That's what it's called. Oh, the only part of you I want to see is your vagina. There you go. What, what, <laughs> I'm sure there's a song in there called Part of Me, and it's it's who, helping to sell a soundtrack, who is much Katy like Cool Perry? as Ice. She's a, uh, she's she's a pop a singer. She's a former Christian singer who hooked up with the fucking guy from Gym Class Heroes that became a big pop star. By and then she ended up with Russell Brand. And looking like Betty Page. Okay. She was uh, married to Russell Brand for a while. Oh, her. Okay. Okay. Well, and she's the one that wore like the low cleavage when she did Sesame Street with Elmo, which my son loves. I remember loves. that. No, she didn't have that low cleavage. It was just her breast <laughs> in general they didn't like. Well, it was it was very yeah, low I cut. I showed I, my son that Elmo clip because he loves Elmo. He loved it. I, I saw that <laughs> she was not like showing excessive cleavage. They just they just freaked out because she had boobs. It's fucking Sesame Street. What do you want? They've had boobs on Sesame Street before. Oh, well, anyway, the number and, seven film is Madagascar Three: Europe's Most Wanted oh, with seven point five million. It's made yeah. one hundred and ninety-five million so far. Number six, Tyler Perry's Medea Witness Protection. There's another one? Medea. Yeah. Yeah, Medea. Medea. Uh, 10.1 million. It's made 45 so far. Number five is Magic Mike with 15 million, 72 million so far. Oh, she did, did she? I have to interject. Yeah. Yeah, I allowed her to that. Magic Mike. Tra the, the, the trailer for that steals 
from Shakes the Clown. Oh, does it really? The trailer for that movie has a quote, and I saw this in passing. It says, the Citizen Kane of male stripper movies. That is a direct ripoff from Shakes the Clown, whose tagline was, the Citizen Kane of alcoholic clown films. Uh, so I don't care. I mean, whoever did the advertising for that, shameless fucking ripoff whore. Anyway, there. that's all. <laughs> the number four film is the Oliver Stone film starring Taylor Kitsch. In Savages, sixteen million. It's in its opening weekend. Do, do the voice. I know. He's just bomb voice. after mom. Movies in that he just keeps failing. Sean, you... Joey, do the voice. No. <laughs> do the voice. If you, Joey. if you give me five minutes, I will get you that burrito. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in at number three is Brave with $19 million. It's made $173 million so far. Coming in at number two... Yeah, it's just Disney. Yeah. Number two is Ted. Uh, coming in at $32 million. It's made $119 million so far. And the number one film for the weekend was The Amazing Spider-Man with $62 million. And since it opened up... A few days early for the July Fourth opening, it's made 137 million so far. Have so, you heard the major complaint that I've been seeing online about the Amazing Spider-Man? No. What do you is got? That, uh, a lot of people are complaining that if 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 Peter Parker is supposed to be this genius, scientific, uh, young, brainiac student, why is right. he using Bing as his browser, <laughs> as a search engine? <laughs> well. It is a valid question. Unfortunately, it is just a marketing ploy. That's all it is. That's now, all it is. Sean, uh, are you? Are you? I'm sorry. Do you have anything to say? I was just going to say that's getting worse. Uh, the the product placement. Oh, it yeah. is absolutely getting worse. My wife watches a show. Yeah. They actually showed the product at the screen. One woman saying, "Use these in your shoes." And then, of course, when they go to commercial break, they have a full fledged commercial for it. It's getting bad, people. That's all my, I'm going to say. My favorite is when Joey calls me and says, Scott, this is before Avatar came out. Scott, you've got to watch CSI. No, it wasn't Turn CSI. CSI. It, it, was it was Bones. It was like a half-hour commercial for Avatar. It was, a, it, was, uh, it was the TV show Bones. Bones? Bones. Sorry, I thought it was yeah. the same thing. Same yeah, and, it, and, and not only was it a, it a one-hour episode, so it's basically a 45-minute episode for Avatar, it also had the one actor that's in Avatar in that episode only. Right. He was like a guest star. He was a, a pathologist that came over to help with their case. Fucking whores. <laughs> All right, um, real quick, before we do the finger list. Okay. Uh, the number 10 film is To Roam With Love. Oh, Deshaun, do you know the finger list? Yeah. All right, Scott, you want to explain the finger list to Sean? Yes. Yeah, the finger list basically, Sean, is every episode we read the top ten list, and then each of us uh, choose one film that we would rather cut our pinky finger off than watch in the theater. Oh, okay. All right, so, so yeah, I'm going to run it. through them. I'm going to run through them real quick, so get your movie. Okay. All got right. One. I do, too. Uh, the number ten film, To Rome With Love, Moonrise Kingdom, Katy Perry, Part of Me, Madagascar 3, Tyler Perry, Medea's Witness Protection, Magic Mike, Savages, Brave, Ted, and The Amazing Spider-Man. 
Here is the finger list. Scott, you want to go first? I think Sean should go first. Okay. No, you guys go first because I want to see how we match up. All right. All right. After you, you, Joey. All right. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Katy Perry part of me only for the reason that I can't stand those types of films. It's a a 90-minute music video. I don't like her music to begin with. Um, she's pretty to look at, but that's not enough for me to go to the theater. Sit down and watch that fucking piece of shit. I would rather watch Medea's Witness Protection, because that would be my number two. So I'm going to have to go with Katy Perry part of me. Scott? I was going to go with Medea, uh, but then I noticed that the Katy Perry movie is actually a documentary. It's in 3D, too, I believe. It's a three. It's a but it's a documentary about Katy Perry. So I, I have to agree with you, Katy Perry. Now I I I, I would have gone with Medea, but yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, I can only shit on Medea for so long. And I would have gone with Magic Mike, but honestly, I think watching a movie about male strippers would be less gay than sitting through a Katy Perry documentary in the theater with 3D think, glasses on. I think you're right, Sean. I do agree with that. Katy Perry. Uh, my choice for this would be. Medea's family reunion. Uh, let me explain why. Number one, or I'm witness not protection. Overly familiar with all Tyler Perry's work, okay. his body of work, <laughs> and you know the mythology behind Medea. I think that's so, the first time anyone has used the word mythology when talking about <laughs> Tyler Perry's work or Medea. Yeah, I could be know, I could be guessing, but I don't think so. Behind character. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So, I hate walking into movies blind because I probably just ask myself a lot of questions. Um, uh, and I'm a racist. No. no. <laughs> uh. Half in jest. <laughs> just in jest, people. Just a joke. Uh, no, honestly, I would... At least with the Katy Perry movie, I can put my headphones on and listen to music on my iPhone or do something else and distract myself from it. And Medea, I think I might get sucked into. (laughs) But imagine, like, what if I watch this and all of a sudden I'm like, holy shit, right? And then I go home. And I'm not sleeping for days. I'm just drinking coffee, watching like all these Tyler Perry movies. (laughs) Like in like when you just call me, I'm like, I can't fucking talk, dude. Like, (laughs) dude, she's gonna be up to nephew again. (laughs) You're you're interrupting the mythos. (laughs) (laughs) I'm interrupting the mythos. You know. So, and my wife saw the Magic Mike, uh, and. By the way, you can say it's gay to go see that, but Olivia Munn is topless in it, so... Who's topless? Olivia Munn. Oh, is she really? Yeah, hmm. she's topless in it. Now, when I say it's gay to go see... Me as a male going to see a movie about male strippers, I, I am saying it, it would be gay, but I you know, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, and blah, blah, blah. But also, again, I think it would be less gay than sitting through Katy Perry with 3D glasses on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I, I think I, I would I would feel more heterosexual watching the male strippers 
comedy than I would listening to her sing and talk about how life is so hard. <laughs> and I and, and I really don't like and when you talk about the gayness factor of it, um, yeah. look, it's I'm a straight male, but I own a T-shirt that has a picture of a shirtless Val Kilmer and Top Gun on it. <laughs> Who doesn't? During the volleyball scene. I saw that shirt, by the way. That's, that's a beautiful shirt. <laughs> and I own it, and I wore it out last week, and people were like, "What the fuck, bro?" <laughs> so, uh, yeah. maybe 12 bucks. As they Again, should. It's hot. Yeah. What the fuck, bro? I need a t-shirt with a picture of Sean wearing a t-shirt of Val Kilmer top, topless in, uh... Right, there you go. Top gun. I'll make that happen. <laughs> I will <laughs> buy that, sir. I'll put, it on, I'll put it on Facebook. I have one with a... I have looking down on Facebook. The picture of me with, uh... My Fonzie shirt with my dog, the Fonz, is on it. <laughs> that picture is off. Oh, yeah? I saw that picture, yeah. Are we... Are we I, yeah, you, you texted it to me. No, there's a new one that my wife took. It's better quality. Oh, better quality? Oh, I have to look at that then. I, I will... I will, take a, I, I will look that up. Hmm... So are we, are we wrapping up this episode? I think we are done. I think this we can wrap up. A cool as ice spectacular with our special guest host, Sean Philip Hines, Esquire, resident piece of meat. <laughs> wow, that's that goes back to the fucking mongoloid moose days. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's old, dude. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. I enjoyed every second. Sir, no thank problem, you for being, man. being a part of the show. I love it. Take care. You Take too. it easy, man. All right. Anyone that wants to listen to us on iTunes, please do give us reviews. We're begging for them. We're not getting many these days because you people don't like to write them. Don't yell at our. Don't yell at our. Audience. Well, you know what? You know, every single goddamn month, I see bandwidth numbers that just make my head explode. Like, oh my god, it's twice as much as the month before. Three times as the month before. Nobody writes in. Nobody leaves voicemail. Please do, man. What? Please, sir. Please. No, we had over. We had over a terabyte of bandwidth. Well over. Now that might be a little bit for some shows out there, but for us, that is huge because it keeps getting bigger and bigger. A year from now, we're going to be in the petabytes. All right. So leave us. Well, (laughs) all right. Whatever. If you want to leave us voicemail, you can at 908-514-4470. If you want to email us, that's themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. You can download all our episodes from our website or iTunes. You can listen to them on Stitcher through your smartphone or your car if it's enabled with it. And you can visit our lunch.com community. Write your own reviews. If we like them, we'll read them on the show. Um, Which Which we haven't done yet. No, we haven't. And there's there's actually quite a few people that have written reviews. <laughs> yes, there are. Maybe we should just dedicate a whole episode for reading no, reviews. No, I, I've learned my lesson doing the Mongoloid Moose. You can't do that. you got to mix you, it up. you got to mix it up a bit? Yeah. All right. Uh, buy Scott's books, uh, which is perform, S- performed S- by... Wilson.com okay, you do it. Or Amazon.com and do a search for S. Michael Wilson. And any books that look interesting, those are mine. There you go. All right, so that should just about uh, 
end the show. Thanks for listening. Sean, thanks for being our special guest. It was awesome. Thanks, and, thanks uh, so much for having me. And if my parting words of advice, I highly recommend getting a hand job while watching Outbreak. I was just about okay. to ask for words of wisdom. There you go. <laughs> there it is. I'm, I'm, we're not even going to attempt to, to top that. That Those are your words of wisdom. Get a hand job during Outbreak. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>